Uh, so what we're going to um, do this, uh, this morning is I'm going to um, talk to us for a little bit. Uh, what, we're, what I want us to talk about during the season of Advent, right, this idea of Emmanuel, God with us, is how do we imitate Christ in relationships, okay? So this is during a season where we are around maybe different people than we are during our kind of regular lives, or people are open to conversation maybe more than they are during the rest of the year. At least you can ask them, hey, did you see the latest Hallmark movie last night? I'm checking off my boxes. I'm doing pretty good. So uh, Renee and I have not yet sat down for any of the new ones yet, but we will, honey, we will. We'll get, we'll get some tea and a blanket and have at it. Um, but as we're um, talking about some of these things, um, as if you were, have been in service over the past um, several months, uh, Wes has been working through Matthew uh, five, and some of that is going to come to bear, obviously, on um, imitating Christ in relationships. And if you are a um, NASB user, the the section twenty one through forty three is actually labeled personal relationships. Right? What is God's expectation for us? And so, as we do that, I'm, I'm going to, as we usually do, kind of do some exercises working through that because I want you guys to. Uh, seek to interact as you can do that safely with masks on, right, as you uh, actually, as opposed to looking ahead as you turn and try to talk with one another. The first thing I want us um, to look at is uh, John chapter 1, uh, verses 14 through 18. And as we think about this idea of um, God with us, right, that this is where um, where the angel told Mary, right, this is not here, but they, if you'll remember from the, um, from the uh, story uh, of Jesus' birth, the angel visits Mary and she shares with him what he, she is uh, to name him. And so we have all these different names, uh, but Emmanuel is this really cool idea that we have that God is with us, that he came down and dwelt with his people. And so we pick up there and want to talk I real briefly kind of jump around a couple places and then have you guys do an exercise as we, um, as we finish up. If you'll follow along with me, this is John 1, 14 through 18. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and, he saw, and we saw his glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified about him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has a higher rank than I. For he existed before me. For of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten God, who is in the bosom of the Father. He has explained him. As we're thinking um, about, uh, about the fact that, that we're celebrating God coming to us, I want you to see yourselves, right, as messengers, not both of the gospel, right, as, but of God, of incarnating him. So in the same way that God, uh, uh, his son, or Jesus' son, was incarnated in the flesh here, that he is seeking for us, right, to incarnate that same ministry personally and fleshly in the spaces that you live today, Right, not some abstract place where you'll go in five years, but in the spaces you are to now in your apartments and in your um, places of uh, work, in your friend groups, uh, in your family groups. 
I was praying this morning um, for someone, and I was praying that Lord would open their heart and that someone would speak to them, and it struck me, and as maybe a lot of you pray that prayer as well, but, but do we see ourselves as the messenger in those spaces? Because who else is going to go? Right? Who else is going to incarnate Christ if it's not you? I pray that prayer far too often that I assume that, I, that I, I say I want God to be in those spaces and for him to be an example, for, other, for, for people to have examples in front of them, but I think too often I disqualify myself from being that example. Amen? See, it's, it's somewhat like the sentiment that James says that we can't just say, oh, I want them to have that example, or as he says, go warm and be fed. Well, thanks for wanting that to happen, but are you willing to be that person. And so God was willing to be that person, right, for us. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. I know that you are in spaces where you recognize that there are other people around you, but, but do you have this further thought that in those spaces that I'm in, do I want to be present here, like fully present in a space where I want to image God in this place. See, as we do an exercise in a few minutes, you'll have to decide, like even amongst the brethren, you have to decide, do I want to be present in this place for him? We have to choose connection. As you walked in here, right, all of you had lots of things on your mind, and depending upon your attitude and, your, um, and how you're feeling, you can come into the room aloof while well, I'm just going to wait for people to talk to me. Or you come intentionally, you know what, I'm going to look for people that I don't know and I'm going to say hey to them and maybe try to strike up a conversation. Or maybe I'm going to stand in the corner <laughs> because that feels right. So even though we have these long-lasting relationships, there's lots of these questions that we have to decide on whether we're going to incarnate what God wants us to in any space. As I walk in, I see Megan most working days. As I walk in there, I decide, am I going to greet her? Am I going to say, acknowledge her presence? Ask her how her uh, evening was? See where her heart is? Or am I going to kind of, you know, go into my office and then be in there for a little while? Right? These are the real issues of our interaction with one another. Right? There's time after time where we've done this well, and there's time after time that we haven't. And so the challenge this morning, I want to kind of hit on three things, show you a couple scriptures, and then work from there as we move forward. So the first thing we want to talk about here in verse 14, right, is that God's truth became incarnated and desired to live among men. Is that your desire? Because that is God's desire for you. See, I like how it puts this that, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and saw his glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. That you are a person in a room, but are you full of grace and truth? Is this how you desire to be in a space? Sometimes I desire to be in a space grumpy. <laughs> Anybody else? They have a cat? 
That's, that's the amen. 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 I'm grumpy. I desire to be in the space grumpy. See, as we live, we've got to kind of consciously decide, are we going to live in God's truth? Am I going to be an example of his truth? We, we can read his truth, and we are uh, so devoted to Bible study and to, to reading it and to talking about it, but are we devoted to living it? Because that's the point of reading it, right? The point of reading it is to live it. To live God's truth, to be an example of how he wants us to be with people. This is the hardest place in our houses, is it not? (laughs) The places where this is the one place that I don't have to do that. And yet it's the place that we probably needs it the most. Amen? Because if we can't do it, right, kind of... Uh, kind of normally, then that means that we're having to turn it on outside of those spaces. And that probably is how we live, isn't it? I'm, I, I turn it on as I'm aware that I need to do it, right? If I'm on a mission trip and I, and I get on the bus, <laughs> hey, I probably should be better than I normally am, nicer, a little bit more gracious, a little bit more truthful. If I get off the bus at the mission site, I, I need to be the same thing, right? And then it's, oh gosh, I'm off the clock. I can be normal again. But the idea here, as he, God comes and dwells with us, and the the idea that I want you to get with you is the idea is not just for you to dwell with people, to be present, to to emit heat in a room, but to emit grace and truth. Because that's why he existed and that's why he came. To show the graciousness of God and to show what it looks like, right? To be as he wants us to be. And so is this something that you desire? Is this something that has been modeled for you? I would have to say 95% of the examples that I see are not this. And so this is difficult, right? As I go over and over and I just can kind of fall into what everyone else is doing. But yet we misunderstand that like as I learn to do this, as I try to model what I don't see, right, that I have to do that if I don't see it. It's not an excuse because how else are other people going to learn it unless you're trying to live in that way? And so my challenge to you is you need to start experimenting with what your new normal is. What would it look like for you to live graciously? What would it look like for you to try to actually live God's truth in front of people? As we look at this scripture, I want you to go down this passage to verse 17. It says, for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were realized right through Christ Jesus. The easiest thing for us to do is tell people, right, what God's word says. <laughs> that is a space uh, that is easier than, like, hey, you should be gracious to people versus me showing grace. 
It's easier to tell them what God's truth says and what they should be doing. It's harder for me to actually do that to them. There's this, uh, throughout the New Testament, there is uh, this idea of, of um, doing the truth um, both in word and deed. Right, 1 John three eighteen says, Little children, let, let us not love with word or with tongue only, but in deed and in truth. See, this is how... Uh, it is realized. It moves from this hypothetical thing that sounds great. There's a reason why everyone reveres Jesus' teaching. And there's also a reason why people have a problem with the church. Number one answer, why don't you like the church? Full of hypocrites. People that love what God says but don't do it. This has been a problem since... (laughs) The beginning. And yet this is the reason why Jesus came. That he wanted them to realize. Like if you missed it. If you don't have that many people in your lives. I want you to understand what this really looks like. And the good that comes from it. Romans 5.18 For I will not presume to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me resulting in the obedience of the Gentiles by word and deed. So we have here Paul speaking about how word and deed is is moved from me to you, or from you to me. That I speak about that is what I'm about. right? That I'm consistently learning to try for that to be the pursuit of more and more of my life. See, as I am authentic in that space, if I am sharing that that is indeed what I'm seeking to do, then that is modeled. And that's the only way then that it can be realized right in others. That there's a reason why I struggle with it so, because it's not around me. So just like I needed it when I first came to Christ, and you needed it when you first came to Christ, others need it now. Lastly, in the section, I want you to uh, look down at verse 18. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten of the Father who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. As we name God as our Father, we explain the Father as well. How good is your explanation? How good is mine? That bites a little bit. If our lives explain the Father, would we like what it explains? My encouragement to you in all the baby Jesusing. I want you to remember why he came. 
That this is the reason why, right, we need to see this as the greatest gift, that I have an example to explain something that can be confusing and is the hardest thing we'll ever do. That that is a gift that we have, have long forgotten that exists. That in the confusion possibly that came before, there really should not be any confusion after he came. For John says that Jesus has explained him. Philippians 3.17, Brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. The Lord longs for us, uh, the individuals in here, to be in us. That we as a, as a gathered smaller group here in the larger church body, that we would be explainers of God's actual character. That that would be our goal. We come back to, uh, if you'll turn with me to Matthew 5, 21 through 43. So we'll hit on uh, some of this throughout our uh, time together over the holidays. Uh, Wes did a masterful job. If you have not uh, spent any time or gone back and listened to um, any sermons that are available uh, through the church, I really encourage you to go back and, and listen to um, uh, Wes dealing with the scripture in Matthew 5. But there's still kind of more practical application that we can go. There's always more practical application. And so we'll touch on these things. But I want you to, to see the, the personal, right? And here's what I want you to, to write a couple things down, then we'll, we're going to jump into a, um, an exercise here real quick. So uh, if you've got, uh, I shared the, the NASB, if you have that, the heading is personal relationships. You have the, NA, uh, the ESV or NIV, which probably... Um, what the rest of you have if you don't. The headings are, are dealing into, uh, are dealing with um, issues that we uh, struggle with in, in personal relationships. So he shared with you that these are the antitheses, right? You've heard it said, but I say to you. That there's a way that the world lives and God has said, but hey, I've got different theses right? Different rules for you to live by. And I want to make sure that you understand the extent to which I want you to live by them and the extent to which they are carried out. And so the headings for those sections, anger, lust, divorce, retaliation, loving your enemies, that these are all things that we do, that we are angry, that we are lustful, that we sever relationships, that we retaliate, And that we hate those who hate us. And as we do those things, we do not picture our Heavenly Father. We are not a good example. We don't picture Him accurately. And so, where do we start? Well, 
I think we start when we realize that God intends us to be involved in personal ministry, and personal ministry necessitates connection. And that is what relationship is, connection. I want you to think that every person right, that you're not connected with, there's a gap that exists between you. There's space. You walked in here, you've got ten best friends in here, but you walked in here and there's space between you. And even in those friendships, as I said before, you've got to choose, am I going to close that gap right now? As I walk into a room with my mom and dad or my brother's sister, I've got to choose how I'm going to interact with them, right? Am I going to, regardless of what's going on in me, am I going to bridge that gap as far as it is with me? Or am I going to make them bridge? The last place I want us um, to look uh, this morning is 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I read this passage to you, and I want us then to um, spend a little time talking uh, with one another. That I want you to choose uh, to make connection. And so I'll explain kind of what I want that to look like. It's pretty easy this morning. It might get harder as the weeks go on. But let's look at uh, chapter 5 here. I'm actually just going to um, read it in its entirety, and then I'll give you some directions. For we know that if the earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, we have a building from God, a house, not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For indeed, in this house we groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven. Inasmuch as we, having put it on, will not be found naked. For indeed, while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened, because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed so that what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. Now he prepared us for this very purpose as God, who gave us the Spirit as a pledge. And so I love this passage, and particularly this section, because it's talking about where we are. As we come in here weak and weary, <laughs> we are often reminded of our temporality, right? That we are a, but a tent that will be taken down at some point. But, but as we exist in this world weak and weary as we do, particularly during this time, right, it is to this heavenly place that we look, to this, uh, to this um, new body that will be ours, this new life that will be ours that that represents. And so it's, it's in that place that, we, that God calls us to imitate him in our relationships that he reminds us, right, of why we do this, because that is our plight, but that also is everyone else's, that that is where everyone else is, and that is how everyone else feels. Verse 6, Therefore, being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be with him. Verse 9, Therefore, we have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. McKenna, this is a, this is a sticky note on the dash, right? 
that our ambition is to be pleasing to him. What is your ambition today? Many days it is something other than that. And I'm sorry. For when that is our ambition, we generally don't have to say sorry very much. Because to live pleasing to him is to live for others. Verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body. Not how much scripture he knew or what he wanted to do or she wanted to do, but what we did. According to what he has done, whether good or bad. Verse 11, therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men But we are made manifest to God, and I hope that we are made manifest also in your consciences, that you see how we live among you. We are not again commending ourselves to you, but are giving you an occasion to be proud of us, so that you will have an answer for those who take pride in appearance and not in heart. I love that. That we would be proud of those who are proud of the heart (laughs) that is lived for Christ. Not that the job we get, or the new toys, or the trips, or the experiences, when we look over, you see that guy, you see that girl, man, she loves people well. Let's clap for that. Of all the things that you could be proud of is... Are you aware that that is what God wants us to be proud of the most? That we picture him. Verse 13, if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are of sound mind, it is for you. For the love of God controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all so that they who live may no longer live for themselves. But for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Let now we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things pass away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself. He closed that gap. Not counting the trespasses against him, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. That God wants to be close to us, that he wants to dwell with us, that he doesn't want to be absent from us, that he doesn't want there to be a gap. That while you were yet a sinner, he died for you because he wants to be close to you. Verse 20, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. 
He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That we might become the example that people can see of his grace and truth. As he did that, so he gives the ministry to us. And that ministry is not just in the want, it is in the doing. And so here is um, how I want to, um, to close. All right, so um, I would love for you to, um, for just ease of use, maybe get maybe three people um, just that are around you and kind of sit in a way that you're comfortable and uh, please wear a mask. Um, but um, I want you uh, to do two things so it's not just, uh, negative or not just positive, is that I want you, in finding that group, I want you to discuss something uh, that I talked about this morning that you have found true and that you are doing pretty well. Right? I want you to focus on like, yeah, here's something like, yes, I resonate with that and I've been doing that and here, here's what's happened. I just want to share that, right? That we're speaking, right, examples of truth into one another, right? That we're showing that. Right, and it could be an attitude or an action that the Lord has been working with you on. But the second thing is, that what is the idea, what's an idea that you've been challenged by and why? What it would take better to do that? And to take a minute to pray for, for one another. If these are the things that we need to be doing, uh, then as I share the thing that, that I have, that was really challenging to me um, and I, that I need to do, well, pr- pray for me that I would do that. Because that's, that's the idea, Right? So I wanted to um, end our time uh, just uh, reflecting on a, a passage a little uh, further down in the book, um, First Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 6, 11 through 13. And so um, this is what I want our, um, our prayer to be. Uh, if you want to just kind of write this down, it's a great uh, verse to meditate on as our several that we hit on. But 2 Corinthians 11 uh, through 13 says, Our Our mouths have spoken freely to you, O Corinthians. Our heart is open wide. You are not restrained by us, but you're restrained in your own affections. Now in like exchange, I speak as to children, open wide to us also. Um, I think this is a good reminder that the only thing, right, that restricts our love, um, our sharing the gospel, our meeting uh, needs, however temporal, uh, to the eternal, Um, is our affections, right? Affections for people, our affections for God's gospel, our affections for his movement in our lives. And so my prayer is that we would uh, realize, right, where our hearts are closed, uh, where our lives are closed, and that we would open up first our hearts to God and his word, what he's having to speak to us, but also to the people around us, right? The priority relationships, right, are the first and the second commandment. We are to love the Lord our God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. And as we commit to, right, as Andrew was, was um, sharing so eloquently, right, like the, the vertical relationship is primary, but it doesn't excuse us from the horizontal relationship. And so I want to pray for that, right, that we would, we would be reminded that we are restricted only by our affections and that we would pray that God would open wide uh, for us to see Right and love those around us. Let me pray. Father, I thank you that you have 
uh, given us um, great men of faith. Uh, Men and women that lived for a different country than the one that they were born into. Father, that they saw you from far off and ran to you. Father, that they sought to be pleasing to you rather to themselves or to others. And Father, this morning, uh, just as we um, kind of begin to talk about this uh, topic and talk to remember as we embark on Advent of you, of you coming, Lord, I pray that this would be um, a space where we would open wide during the season um, both to you, Father, but to that we would um, take stock of our affections and see where they are not pointed to you. And Lord, that we would understand that that is our doing, the closing of our heart or the opening of it, that that is uh, to us as you have given us new hearts. The ability is there, Father, will we let that love flow. Father, as we go into worship, Lord, help us lift our uh, voices, our hearts, and our minds to you. Mold them and use them as you will. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.